Welcome to Living a Sex Positive Life, where we can guarantee the topic will be about sex. We'll talk about the good and the bad, the health and healing benefits, the adventures, the relationships, as well as the crimes and the tragedies. Our mission is to educate, entertain, and just talk about that touchy subject that affects us all, sex. Now here's your host, Angelique Luna. Welcome everyone. Good evening. It's Angelique Luna and I'm here with my co-host and hubby and troublemaker, John C. Luna. The troublemaker. I love it. (laughs) Oh, well, tonight we have a fun, interesting guest. We have the author of Crazy Chick Magnet from Nerd to Freebird, Mr. Xavier Zivon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. Okay. I, I saw your bio. I think you would do better justice to, to it than I would. Please explain who you are and why are we talking today? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I uh, wrote a book called uh, Crazy Chick Magnet, obviously, and um, it's autobiographical, uh, not necessarily a full historical reference, but uh, uh, interesting stories. I, I did start off... Uh, with a little bit of a bio to kind of give people a, a, a grounding as to how I started. And, you know, I was basically just, you know, this sweet, adorable child that uh, kind of grew into this very awkward looking uh, uh, preteen, I guess you could say. And uh, it was, you know, I, I, it was at a time where, uh, everybody seemed to be having sex. It was not cool to be a virgin. And, uh, I was very much an outsider for a long time because of the way I looked and the fact that I was a virgin and was relatively honest about it. So, um, uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. It's just like, yeah, I know. Honesty as being a virgin. Wow. That, that, that is not the norm, but okay. But I guess, Yeah, I guess your mom raised you right with values there. (laughs) Well, you know, I wasn't a virgin by choice. (laughs) I think that was the case for a lot of us guys, some some of us guys. Yeah, but, uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, when I was not getting any, I, uh, you know, formed a deep bond with music. I love music. I was constantly buying music, uh, learning about music on MTV. Uh, I kind of became a historian of rock music primarily uh but you know eventually i kind of came into my own in my late teens and started you know getting dates and that finally actually started having sex and uh you know at at first that was a really weird experience but uh you know i kind of found my groove so to say and um the book basically really starts picking up from there from uh, uh teenage sexual hijinks uh and and then moving on into you know more serious relationships but uh you know those are sprinkled in between with uh the crazies yeah more yeah definitely crazies uh a lot of crazies not every girl i wrote about in the book was crazy though Uh, no it it wasn't i mean you had a nice blend of everything so it, it was sprinkled all through the book but you know there was times i'm just like i'm reading it and i'm like oh my god i feel so sad i feel so bad i'm like is he going to live because this girl could turn into a stalker to then yeah. i was like okay oh okay good he he found somebody and it, it was just such a fun roller coaster of stories and adventures it's been a total roller coaster and you know i'm not dead so it's not <laughs> over yet 
<laughs> or restraining order or <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so you wrote it in a in a, a unique style of uh, a, well, a unique manner that all the chapters and all the uh, the sections are titles from songs. Yeah, um, I, I each chapter is broke up into multiple subcategories, and uh, every, every one of them has a a song title. And uh, a lot of times, the song is has something to specifically to do with the time frame or the actual story. Uh, and you know, there's a few where just the song title in itself seemed to kind of blend in with what I was writing about. So. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> when I was reading that, I was like, okay, wrong error where the song is, but it fits the story. Right. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, an interesting mix. I would say, I would also like to say that, uh, we were talking about this before the show started that, uh, if, for some crazy reason, somebody ever wanted to turn it into a, a movie. Uh, it's got a pre-made soundtrack already built into it, so <laughs> I'd be proud of that. The scary thing is, I could see Robert Rodriguez making this because it could go. Oh, I was thinking Tom Hanks. No, 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 no. Especially with some of the crazy chick ones, Robert Rodriguez could really amplify the crazy if crazy here. Because I was like scared of some of these girls when he was writing about. <laughs> That's, that's true. I, I kind of thought of it in the vein of uh, Porky's or, you know, American Pie or something like that. But, I mean, there, there's there's definitely a crazy element to it that could definitely go a Robert Rodriguez or a Quentin Tarantino type of turn, I suppose. <laughs> just because of the music and the soundtrack, because that's just how their movies are. And since you already provided the soundtrack there. <laughs> exactly. So, what was your favorite part writing this book? Well, you know, I, I've actively kept a journal for almost 10 years now. And so a lot of it, I wouldn't say it was pre-written because I had to really go and, you know, uh, cut the fat like three or four times over. Uh, when I first finished the book, it was like 520 full type size pages which probably would have made about a thousand page book so <laughs> wow. I really had to go down and uh, just wither it away and some of the parts I was like oh do I really want to get rid of that and it's I, I now I know how a director feels when he's editing <laughs> a movie but uh, you know you just cut parts that you love but you just got to narrow it down but uh, getting back to the question um, uh, my favorite part was writing about the earlier times in my life because that's stuff that I've never written about. And um, it's, uh, you know, some of it's stuff I hadn't even thought about in like a decade or two. So to actually just kind of sit down and relive that and, and you know, also kind of have an adult's perspective uh, looking back at it, it's it was really... Uh, very interesting and enlightening and uh you know kind of gave me a excuse me a better perspective on my youth a little bit i guess yes it was very colorful to say the least yeah i tried to sprinkle it with as much humor as i could um to be honest i I never ever had an intention of writing a book it was i mean it, it seemed like an interesting thing to do but it wasn't ever something i thought i would do and I was actually talking with some work friends, and first of all, I don't really normally talk about, 
you know, sex with, you know, especially people that I care about. That's just not something that I do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I have told some of my more interesting stories, you know, minus a few details to <laughs> some people that I worked with. And uh, finally, one of them was like, geez, man, you, why haven't you written a book? <laughs> and uh, and, I, and I, I said, well, I don't. I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, I just have a little respect for the people that I've been with. And uh, and they were like, dude, but these stories are so funny. You really need to write a book. And, uh, and you know, I've always told them that I was a crazy chick magnet. And, and then they said, and you've even got your title already. You don't even have to come up with a title. And I thought about it. And I thought about it for a few days. And I was like, you know, I... I think they're onto something because I think this really could make a very interesting story. But if I'm going to write about it, I really need to, I need to go all the way. But also, if I'm going to do that, you know, I need to, you know, be respectful. So you know, everybody's name in the book has been changed to, you know, protect the innocent and/or not so innocent. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so that, I, that's how I'm kind of protecting everybody yet getting the story out there and you know because i don't really talk about my sexual life that much it was really sometimes uncomfortable actually writing about it and i'm like how much detail do i really want to go in here so you know i'm i'm hoping it it translates well on paper uh i think it did but oh it definitely did and even to the point that i'm like this book should be used as an example of why we need sex education (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's probably very true with uh, at least with a few chapters anyway so let me ask you of all the chapters and obviously we can't go through your entire book and give it away right. what is your favorite or most outlandish crazy check oh wow um the one that kind of kind of stands out is you know this is the poster board for my uh Poster girl, I guess it would be, not boy. Um, for the Crazy Chick campaign. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that technically could be the, the the book cover girl, because that cover is just amazing. I was just like, ooh, that does well, scream crazy. Thank you. I actually did the cover myself. Uh, I didn't really trust the publishing company to get the cover right, because... I guess they kind of wanted to use stock photos and computer art, and I had a very specific idea in mind. And, uh, you know, I talked to several of their artists, and the whole time I was thinking, you know what? Nobody's nobody's going to know about this book. It's the cover that's really going to be the first thing that people are going to notice about it. Uh, so the cover has to really pop, and the idea came to me almost immediately. And when I finally came to the conclusion that the publishing company just wasn't going to get what I had envisioned, I actually uh, hired a model. I um, I uh, managed to get a hold of some space to do the photography in. I have a, a relative that's a photographer, and they lent me uh, several pieces of their photo uh, photography equipment mm-hmm. and kind of gave me a quick rundown on how to use it. And I hired the model. And uh, I, uh, the posters I made myself in the background, and I put I, uh, (laughs) 
I, all the padding I did myself because uh, 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 if you haven't seen the cover, it's it's a uh, pretty disturbed looking girl in a in sexy clothing and a and a straight jacket uh, surrounded by all kinds of music paraphernalia. Uh, hence the term crazy chick magnet. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, I mean, just the photography for the doing the cover myself. I mean, that was so interesting. I, I wound up with like probably close to 200 pictures, and I had to weed through all those for the actual cover. But that's how the cover came to be. But that wasn't what you were asking. <laughs> <laughs> Still good content. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, I'll be here all all hour. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the the most the craziest chick. There were there were definitely a couple that just really passed the realm of psychosis, um, and I I don't recall off the top of my head which one I I crowned the craziest, but um, uh, the one that is probably the most interesting is um, and I, I hate to say this, but I can't remember what I changed her name to. <laughs> Do you remember what chapter? Or let's go with the song name. <laughs> That's how you can find it. <laughs> uh, bear with me just a second here. I've got it uh, right here. Uh, I should have had this pulled up. Sorry, drum roll, please. <laughs> no worries. It's just your means first we're getting... podcast she interview. That, uh-huh. She was a girl that I had a crush on in high school. Uh, the chapter is uh, a Sunday kind of woman. Uh, this girl, I, I had I had a huge crush on her, and she always was in love with the bad boy, and uh, never never even noticed me. So in a way, I kind of resented her all these years. And then we uh, kind of became Facebook friends. And one day, she posted a picture of herself, and I just sent a casual comment: "Hey, you're you're looking." beyond gorgeous better than i've ever seen you look and you know it was just i guess kind of forward yet it was also kind of innocent you know i was just paying her a compliment and i wasn't expecting anything at all in return and we started talking and she was actually dating somebody else from another state uh long uh they met online and they like visit each other like twice a year and they've been doing this for seven years with no plan yeah no plans to do anything else and i'm like well what kind of relationship is that so you know i kind of played it cool but she started uh acting like she wanted you know to get close to me we met up for dinner a couple of times just as friends and uh you know i'm not the most observant guy in the world but i could definitely see in her eyes that she was interested in something so uh uh one thing led to another and uh i was over at her place one day and let's just say (laughs) childhood fantasies came through that afternoon and uh uh we were making out and then before i knew it she uh had my fly unzipped and was pulling out what i had and you know kind of looked at me and was like can i and i and i'm like well hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, uh, me twice. Uh, you're so adorable. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, you know, the, it just turned into just this absolute total sex fest. Uh, but what was really crazy about the situation was she 
had like this double life. I mean, I was like her naughty little secret, yet during the day she was this uh, good Catholic girl, you know? <laughs> uh, which reminds me of an old John Cougar lyric, which is partially escaping me, but uh, uh, junior high nights under the front porch light, a good Catholic girl during the day. And I mean, that described her quite well, actually. Uh, she started really getting kind of weird on me and uh, she was like okay well we can't have sex anymore and I'm like what? because <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean we had some passion like I've just never experienced before at, or had at that point and you know then like the next day she'd feel guilty and tell me we can't have sex anymore and then the very next time I went over to visit her she'd be like Within five minutes, she couldn't keep her hands off me. And I'm just like, you're really sending confusing vibes. <laughs> and, and, and the whole time, the whole time, I'm like, you know, I can appreciate your religious conviction, but if you're going to come on to me, do not expect me to say no, because, you know, this, this is just too much fun. But uh, uh, eventually, she met, pulled up the strength to uh, go back to her boyfriend from whatever state it was he was in and her family loved me i met them a few times and they were just so thrilled she was dating somebody reasonably local and somebody that treated her nicely and uh i mean this guy that was long distance what wasn't even really that good to her and uh her family was just so angry with her and and i was pretty pissed too because i mean you know the sex was great but i mean i also cared about her obviously uh and then she just decided to go back to <laughs> an unfulfilling life i guess because this guy uh apparently they both didn't they both did not believe in sex before marriage and they had kind of broken their vows a few times but uh but i mean this girl was into some kinky stuff and i don't think even if they got married this guy would have been into that and i mean I hate to say it, but if they're married now, they're probably very sexually unfulfilled, which is sad. I'm, I'm sad for her, but that was her choice. So There's always something about the innocent ones, or at least the ones who look innocent that you got to look out for. What, what was the, uh, I know there's a song about the preacher's daughter, and that's the title's also escaping me, but it, it is the truth. I grew up in a Catholic household. And, you know, every Sunday was the dress and, and, and you know, the, the yeah. look nice and go to church and sit in line and do all that. And I guess that Sunday was just making up for what happened on Saturday night. So, um, I, I think we're thinking, talking about the same chapter because this chapter is called A Sunday Kind of Woman, which mm-hmm. was a Charlie Rich song from the early 70s. Yeah, chapter uh, 17. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the whole song is about why would a Sunday kind of woman loving everyday man like me I, that, that's the course of the song so you know i'm the everyday man and she was you know the sunday woman trying try desperately trying to live that religious life but you know just having desires that she couldn't control well i think for for the younger readers they got to understand it's 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 much different now that uh i mean i've seen 16 70 year olds talk about sex like they're in their 40s, like, yeah, we just do that. That's okay. It wasn't like that when we were younger. It was, no. I, 
nowadays kids wear to school what we would try to sneak out of the house with and change into when we went out on Saturday night. And yeah. it, it's just amazing the, the whole societal change on it, which, it, again, it has a, its good and its bad points. Yeah. Well, I was a substitute teacher for three years in the Orlando area, so <laughs> I, uh, I definitely know a lot about today's youth. But, yeah, you're, you're very right. Um, I mean, like I said, when uh, when I was in middle school, it was it was not cool to be a virgin. People talked about it, but it was you know still kind of hush hush and uh, you know hidden from your parents and hidden from your elders. And and now kids just they don't really seem to care. Who knows what they're doing? You know, which is I don't know. It's just weird i guess <laughs> maybe i'm getting old it's, i don't know i don't know just just ju- just a, a a different time it, yeah yes somebody once asked me um what today's kids are like this is when i was uh substitute teaching and i was like well you remember the breakfast club and they're like oh yeah yeah and i said you remember how rebellious judd nelson was in that movie and they're like yeah 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 i said he'd be somebody's bitch now <laughs> Absolutely. I could see that. Him collared and bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And somehow I could see Molly Ringwald being that. <laughs> being the uh, dominatrix of him. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, for some reason, it doesn't sound like the first time I've heard someone thinking about Molly Ringwald with a whip. <laughs> and being a dumb. That, that's, someone, that's definitely a fantasy out there. No, I think it's because she was... I'm sorry, uh, because so she was on uh, the, whatever that like Freedom Form Family ABC Family. Like she was like a strict um, mom or something. So that's where that image started coming from. So sorry. <laughs> I guess I missed that one. Oh yeah, I yeah. missed that one as well. Yeah, it, it, you guys have been spared because we have a teenage daughter who like forces me to watch. Hey, mommy, let's spend some quality time. Watch my show. I'm like, Ugh. oh yeah. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and all your rock concert experiences. So. <laughs> oh, yes. I've been to more concerts than I could tell you. So which and one was your favorite? Um, uh, well, you know, most interestingly, my most favorite concert ever, if that statement made any sense whatsoever, um, was a band called The Fab Four. And they are a Beatles tribute band. And they don't just get out and do the songs. They don't just get out there and dress like the band. They don't just get out there and play the exact same instruments. They have studied the Beatle in which they are playing. And, I mean, they've got mannerisms. They've got the way they talk. Uh, they do every bit of the music themselves. Nothing is pre-recorded, And they put on a full Beatles experience and I mean I'm, I'm a bit of a expert on the Beatles even though they uh, were a little before my time they broke up about the time I was born but uh, I read tons of books watch documentaries uh, I mean you name it uh, so when you go see them and if you know as much about the Beatles as I do after like two or three songs, there's no longer a cover band. I mean, you are watching the Beatles. And I mean, seeing that George and John are gone, 
it's just an amazing experience that you're just not going to be able to see otherwise. And I've seen several other Beatles tribute bands, and you know they're they're good. I, I I could sit and listen to Beatles music all night long, but these guys have just got it down so perfectly. It's it's crazy. And those are the guys that perform at a certain local theme park here in Orlando. Oh, really? Uh, I do know that, uh, like, once every two years, they do ha- uh, do a couple shows in Florida, and they're so worth checking out. Uh, but outside of them, um, uh, I've seen McCartney. He's, I mean, the greatest song catalog of any artist in history. Uh, he's just amazing to see. And uh, I saw Metallica and I saw Metallica and met Metallica in 1989, and that was an amazing show. I can imagine. Yeah, and um, uh, I wouldn't say it was the best show I've ever been to, but I actually just drove to New York a few weeks ago to see Billy Squire because oh, he, nice. doesn't tour, he doesn't tour anymore, and. Uh, I've been wanting to see him for years, and I know he does an occasional show here and there. So I said, okay, next time he does a show, I don't care where it is, I'm going to go. So he scheduled a show in New York this year, and I grabbed my girlfriend, we got in my car, and we drove 2,000 miles round trip. (laughs) (laughs) And, And we saw Billy Squire. It was pretty awesome. And so what is he famous for? I mean, the name sounds familiar, but I just can't place the song or performance his biggest hit was the stroke and uh you would definitely know that song but he had he had a lot Ooh. of other radio hits uh, everybody wants you okay uh, uh rock me tonight that was a, a big song and he's actually been around since the 70s but he hasn't released a new album since the mid 90s mm-hmm. but uh i he's he's been one of my favorites since i was like 11 or 12 so it was really, it was really awesome getting to see him. Uh, I've been really narrowing my bucket list down. I, uh, last year, I saw Lorena McKennett, who's a Celtic singer, and I've been wanting to see her for like 18 years. And she tours, she tours the entire world. Uh, so uh, she does not necessarily concentrate on the U.S. like a lot of other artists do. She concentrates on the world. So, you know, the U.S. may get 10 or 15 shows out of a tour. Uh, so I finally got to see her, and then another was uh, Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. Uh, he never tours with the Monkees, but uh, right after Davey passed away, he got back out and toured with the other guys, and I actually went to that show, and that was exceptionally cool as well. And I've been wanting to see the outfield forever, and I just found out uh, about six months ago that the guitarist died about two years ago which pretty much ended the band so i was very disappointed about that oh but uh you know you can't see them all i guess yeah that's always the hard part i know it's like psychedelic furs is coming this friday here in orlando and i have like an event to attend and i'm like yeah i can at least a lot of it but I've, I've had this event like i, I committed like three months ago and i'm like oh because I would right. love to see them again. I'm big psychedelic first. Any of like those new, new way punk, you know, synth pop. That yeah, that's right. my weakness. That's right there. So, <laughs> so if, a few years ago on New Year's Eve, we got to co- see Billy Joel, 
And nice. it was an absolute awesome concert because at the stroke of midnight, the lead singer of ACDC came out and sang with him. Oh, Brian Johnson? Yep. Awesome. So, again, fantastic concert. But then I started going through, and that started a conversation where we were talking about concerts we've seen in the past. And I lived in New York, but I didn't go see a whole lot of concerts, kind of if my friends were going, because I really didn't have a ride anywhere. I'd just go with whatever they went. And I started naming a list, and I realized exactly how embarrassing almost it was, because I'm like, oh, yeah, Belle Biv DeVoe. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, yeah. it, 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 it's okay. And he's um, a white Italian New Yorker, just to give you perspective on <laughs> what he's watching. And I'm like, look at me, because that's something I would be, because I'm a, just, you know, I'm Mexican. I'm going through MC Hammer. Yeah, I saw um, them. Yeah, but I'm willing to, but... <laughs> and I started going through the list, and I'm like... You know, I really just saw the concerts of the of the music, you know, the people my friends were going to see. I'm like, I'm not sure I really liked all that music. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, oh, Millie Vanilli. I don't have to agree with you. I don't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Billy Joel, that was actually my second concert. Uh, my grandmother actually took me to that one. And uh, she liked Billy Joel. And that was the, that was the uh, Innocent Man tour. And then about a year later, she took me to see uh, Hall & Oates. And the really funny thing about that is when I saw Billy Squire the other week, um, he was playing with G.E. Smith, who was uh, the lead guitarist for Hall & Oates on all their biggest hits. And he was also the Saturday Night Live band leader of the 90s. So whenever Saturday Night Live panned out to a commercial, you would see his face. Anyway... Uh, when my grandmother took me to see Hall and Oates, I was in eighth grade, and she picked me up from the school. Uh, I got in the car, and she had this plastic bag, and she kept shaking it. And I'm like, well, Grandma, what the hell do you have here? And she lifted it up, and it was a plastic bag full of yard trimmings. And I said, I was like, what on earth do you have? And she said, I've got the grass. Come on, let's go to the concert. <laughs> Granny. <laughs> yeah. So I had the op- I, I got to meet G.E. Smith after the show. Billy didn't come out, unfortunately, but I told him that story, and he just about fell off the stage. So it was really awesome that I got to share that with him. And actually, my grandmother's still alive, so I told her about it a couple of days later. She had completely forgotten that story, but she was absolutely tickled pink that uh, you know. Somebody involved in that actually knows the story. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone knows the story because it's in the book. It's like the first couple of chapters. <laughs> but, oh, really? I didn't even know that was in the book. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you forgot. <laughs> that and you, you get your, uh, what was it, king and queen dance um clothing yeah. style from Billy Joel. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, no, you're supposed to wear dress shoes. And I'm like, no, he looks cool. <laughs> I thought I looked cool. I, I actually found the picture not too long ago, and I'm like, I did look pretty cool. I was ahead of my time. That's the thing. Definitely. You need to post that up on the Facebook group so that way they could see. It's like, yeah, chapter three, this is where it is. So Absolutely. <laughs> that was hysterical. But that's kind of funny. Like Your grandma's like, oh, yeah, really? <laughs> She forgot all about it, but I, I mean, she turns 90 in two months, so, you know, I'll cut her some slack. <laughs> well, to have a grandparent to take you to concerts is just plain awesome. Oh, yeah. In fact, she refused uh, uh, to sit in our seats for the Hall & Oates concert, so, 
you know, we found the closest open seats that we could find and sat in it till somebody else was like, hey, you're in our seats. And we did that like 20 times. So finally I was like, Grandma, could we please take our own seats? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're sharing concert stories, uh, what was it? It was 1992. Guns N' Roses, Faith No More, Metallica were touring together. Oh, I remember that tour, yes. And I got to go, and I just remember on like... Uh, it was my younger brother's birthday coming up, and I went ahead and bought an extra ticket and said, this is your birthday present, you're going. So I took him, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. At that time, I he definitely was, but I know I was very straight-laced. He was about, just turned 16, and we were in the center of the biggest cloud of burning weed I had ever <laughs> encountered in my life. And I remember rocking out to the music going, I better enjoy this concert because we're going home smelling like this. I don't even live with my parents anymore. I know I'm going to be punished. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I think on the way home, we stopped off and bought some, uh, um, what was it, the the spray deodorant and tried to spray it off, dropped my brother off. I think my parents were luckily asleep at the time and just got out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. So wait a minute, we got off topic. We went straight to concerts instead of the sex in the book because, you know, we're yeah, a sex show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't remember. Did you have sex at a concert if we're going to re- keep talking about concerts? <laughs> um, have I had sex at a concert? I have not. But, you know, that may have been something to do when I was a little younger. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, it, it's not in the book, but I, I had sex in the movie theater for the first time like a few years ago uh seeing the new uh the newest star wars movie and and right before han solo got pierced with a lightsaber i was (laughs) piercing somebody with my own lightsaber (laughs) well that's one way to make it a memorable moment Uh, it was definitely memorable for such a almost historical film yeah, you know, I thought seeing Return of the Jedi on the day that it opened was, you know, something to remember, but uh, I think this might have topped it just a little bit. Just a little at that point, because, you know, Star Wars is kind of a historical thing for most sci-fi geeks. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of movie theaters that you can still do that in, because... Well, nowadays, they have, like, recliner seats. Like, you could actually pull out recline and watch a movie, have food and drinks and wine. So, I think nowadays it's even easier than it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. And now the movie theaters actually have bars, so at least you have something to blame it on if you get caught. <laughs> right, exactly. And even the uh, dining theaters, like, at AMC, they have enough room in between your food and you that, you know, get a nice little cozy spot. Yeah. Just need, damn, I never thought of it. Now I got to look and see if they actually have tablecloths. That could, that could be a, a a good place to hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or with me, with always constantly bringing a blanket or a sweatshirt. Hey, they wouldn't know the difference. I'm just cold. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, kind of lucky. The movie had already been out for uh, like I don't know a month and a half, two months. So the theater was you know there weren't that many people in there. So. You know, we just took a few seats in the back, and you know, 
it wasn't even something pre-planned. It just sort of happened. <laughs> That's always the time. best time. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I recommend it. <laughs> so I was just kind of thumbing through my book trying to find something, uh, you know, worth mentioning that, you know, doesn't take an hour to talk about. But uh, uh, there was another funny story and I think I posted an excerpt from this on my Facebook page but uh, 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 I think I mentioned that I have several degrees more than any one human should have but uh, for my last degree I was going to school with much younger people uh, you know I was in my 40s and they were all you know in their early 20s probably at the oldest for the most part and uh there was this one girl who just happened to be a lesbian in one of my classes, and she was a nice girl, uh, always talking to me. I, I wasn't exactly sure what her interest was, but, uh, you know, I talked to her, and, you know, we got along and became Facebook friends, and uh, I think right around the time I finished the program that I was going to school for, she invited me to a uh, burlesque show, and I was like, sure. Yeah, no problem. You know, I'm I'm all about the burlesque. So we went, and uh, she didn't tell me it was at a predominantly gay bar, which you know is really not that big of a deal. I, I, that's actually I've never actually been to one, but uh, I didn't really have any issues with going. But I'm not really a club person to begin with because I don't really drink, and I'm a little bit of an introvert, or actually I'm a lot of an introvert. But you know, I'll, I'll talk if you come up and talk to me, but. Uh, you know, just walking up to a stranger in a bar has never been really my forte. But uh, so here I am in this predominantly gay bar with this girl, and uh, the burlesque show didn't start for like an hour, hour and a half when we got there. And she started drinking and was floating all around, and before I knew it, she was making out with a girl and uh, that she had never met before. And then we... Uh, walked off and she got another drink and the next thing I know she's talking to some other girls and making out with them and I'm like fuck maybe <laughs> <laughs> that be easy that easy for me I, you know maybe I, maybe I should be a lesbian I don't know uh, it looks like a pretty nice gig um, was she was she a lesbian or was she bisexual uh, well uh, she <laughs> I, I was under the impression she was, you know, uh, a full lesbian, and you know, but you know, it's cool. I, uh, I'm all for everybody being with, you know, who they want and being happy, and you know, equal rights for everybody, and you know, all that good stuff. But um, uh, then the burlesque show started, and that was the only time I had a good time the entire time I was there. The rest of the time, I was just kind of standing by myself while she was off making out with every other girl she came across, and you know. Like I said, that's all cool, you know. I, I enjoyed watching; it was all good. Uh, but after the burlesque show, I, you know, I waited a little bit longer, and things weren't becoming any more fun for me. So I finally mentioned, "Hey, you know, I think I think I'm ready to go. Do you, you know, you want to leave with me, or you want to get a ride with somebody else?" And uh, she was like, "No, no, I'm good to go." And so I was like, "All right, cool." So we start to leave and I turn around and she start talking to this other girl as we're walking out. And then the next thing I know they're making out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this girl's made out with like at least four people since we've been here and I've made out with nobody. So this is really sad. Uh, but then we get out to my car and we're about to go and she starts telling me, 
damn, I'm really horny. And, and the whole time I'm thinking, well, you know, I, 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 I know, know how you feel. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why you're telling me. And, and then she, you know, asked me if she could uh, see my junk. And um, I was like, uh, well, sure, I guess. And I whipped it out. And I mean, we're still in the car. And then she was like, can I touch it? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you don't have to ask, really. <laughs> it's out in the open. And uh, next thing I know, she started going down on me. And I mean, here I am in my 40s. She's in her early to mid-20s and a lesbian. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm scoring tonight something big. So uh, we went to, uh, you know, a secluded, dark area of town. It was a park and parked under some trees and uh uh mm -hmm. she uh she wanted you know full-on sex but i didn't bring uh any condoms because i mean i i was i was hanging out with the lesbian <laughs> condom you know uh gotta uh, gotta pull that boy scout thing you always gotta be prepared uh, well <laughs> i guess you know i just it just never dawned on me a with the age gap and b you know the fact that you know most lesbians aren't into guys uh so we didn't actually like do it but we just you know kind of had some fun in the car with you know mouths and fingers and whatnot and uh it was a good time and <laughs> and uh actually she offered to you know have us go to the store and get some condoms and for whatever reason i i just i don't know i i don't know if i felt guilty uh, i mean she had a few drinks in her but she was far from you know drunk so i wasn't taking advantage of her uh but for some reason i don't know i just i i didn't feel like it was good to go any further and i i guess i put the brakes on it there and took her home but uh it, it could have gone further. I guess it could have been a more interesting <laughs> story in the end. But, but uh, you know, I respect women, so you know, I uh, it just didn't feel right beyond what we had done, and there you have it. Well, I gotta ask: Have you seen her after that night? Yeah, actually, we continued to be friends on Facebook for a while, and. Uh, you know, I kind of moved away from the area, so contact got less and less. And uh, uh, I guess sometime in the last year or two, she was probably weeding out people she hasn't talked to that much. And I guess I wound up being one of those. And uh, so she's uh, she's off living her life somewhere. And you know, I hope she's happy. That, that's the the one thing about uh, Facebook. I find people come out of the woodwork and every so often and send messages where I'm like, oh. God, I haven't thought of you in 20 years. Yeah. And, well, I know my youth wasn't that exciting. It got more exciting in my 30s. But I know plenty of people who do the same thing. They're like, oh, my God, did I sleep with them? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Mine's is always worse. It's like when you're, like, been around a big circle of people and friends, it's like, wait a minute, did I sleep with you or did my brother sleep with you? I can't remember. And then sometimes I had to, like, say neither because I know how much of the both of you are that you're like, wham, bam, thank you, man. And I like our, our mutual respectful situation. But, you know, it, it does get comical sometimes, even when you have children, because we had a situation where our daughter went to elementary school and so she said you know 
our name and then the teacher's like wait a minute is your father john and our daughter's like yeah it's like i went to college with i'm like oh my god (laughs) that totally freaked us out right now now, thankfully we never had a relationship my daughter's older uh, old teacher but she was actually the roommate of someone i had a relationship with so thankfully she kept all the stories to herself definitely (laughs) well you know i I found that uh facebook has been you know very beneficial in you know progressing relationships in fact my current girlfriend i've known her since seventh grade we got reconnected on facebook and we've been together for a few years now uh which was interesting because i was just finishing the book when she and i hooked up uh and i kind of added a little something about her at the end when the book originally ended you know i'm just continuing to live the single life and whatnot but um Mm -hmm. um i've had a few relationships where facebook actually really just massively threw wrenches and everything in fact it's even caused several arguments with my current girlfriend just you know the wrong comment or liking the wrong thing on facebook and it's just like you know why would you talk to her or you know uh why would you like that it's it's sometimes i'm just like geez why don't i just shut facebook down altogether (laughs) and and just you know not even have these these problems but uh you know we're all adults and we've got to you know i i i police myself on facebook way more than i used to but uh it's just weird how it can bring you together yet really do some damage if you're not careful well one thing we're still trying to stress to our child is that um when a picture goes up on facebook or any social media it's there forever yep and there was a commercial not that long ago where a kid's in there with an interview and it's like it's good to be honest but not that honest i think was it was the title of it and he's going through the facebook he's like yeah hear of me being drunk at this place and hear of me passed out being in this place and I think I was in the gutter at that place, but that was okay. That was a holiday weekend. And, and, you know, and and started laughing. I'm like, no, no, no. That actually does happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, it does. And and it makes me wonder how, I mean, society is going to have to change to some degree and cut people some slack because at some point people will have, uh, we're going to have adults that have grown up with social media and, you know, every stupid thing they've ever done is going to be there for everybody to see. I mean, we at our age have the benefit of being able to have done all the stupid shit that we've ever done without necessarily having to announce it to the entire world. You know? Amen. Or, someone else, or someone else taking video of it and then posting it on there. Because that's always, because I yeah. see that all the time there when I go to events and parties that someone else is recording and you're like, no, 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 no. Well, at least when we grew up, video cameras were fairly large. And the yeah. worst thing we had to deal with were those um, disposable Instamatic cameras. Those were, those were the popular ones. And nowadays, everyone's got a video. Yeah, they do. But, oh, cool. Now, you really don't go into a lot of details about sex, but are you a traditional vanilla sex, or did you do some BDSM kinky sex? Or, I mean, you were very vague about that. I want details. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I've, 
I w wouldn't say that I've ever been tied up, but you know, I, uh, you know, I'm very much into anal sex with my partners if they're into it. You know, uh, not necessarily on me, but you know, I, I, I like to go there on them. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess that's my deep dark uh, fetish, I suppose. Uh, but you know, I, I'm I'm very oral. I, I love oral giving and receiving. And, you know, there's pretty much nowhere I don't go with that. And I'm not sure how else to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, just no, truthfully. Yeah, truthfully, because I know it's like... <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I'm intrigued because it's like you said, oh, like one of your uh, girlfriends, the only thing she knew how to do was missionary and that's it, you know? So it was just like... Oh, yeah, that, that was the first girl I ever had sex with. And I even... After, I don't know, I, I had seen enough porn before I started having sex. I don't know if that ruined it for me or not, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the first girl I had sex with when we were done, I remember just driving home thinking, I don't care what the big deal is. <laughs> Wasn't that great? And uh, I actually had a couple of other partners before I came across, you know, the first girl that I had mind-blowing sex with. And, you know, sex was cool. Sex was fun. It was naughty. It was, it was a good time as a teenager. I mean, it's still all that now. But, you know, back then, I mean, you technically weren't allowed to be doing it even by law. So I, I guess that put an extra element of uh, kinkiness to it. Uh, but, you know, the first several girls I was with, I, I, it just was nothing all that exciting. And... You know, the girls I, I was with had been around a bit, excuse me, so you'd think that they would be a little more interesting, but uh, I guess they just hadn't learned too much. Uh, well, quantity does not speak for quality. It, but... it, really, it really doesn't. It really doesn't, and I don't know if a lot of people understand that, but uh, the, the first girl I had mind-blowing sex with, uh, I mean, she was just absolutely fearless, and she was in the uh, Night Ranger chapter. Uh, I think it was called uh, uh, Let Him Run. And there were so many other interesting things going on in my teenage life at that moment. I, mean, I was still, uh, I had just graduated high school, and I was wrapping up the lease of my first apartment, so I was actually living on my own before I even graduated. And, uh, I mean, there were just wild parties there all the time. And my friends were just in a constant state of being in a drunken stupor. <laughs> <laughs> they, they never really drank until I got my apartment. And then I guess now that they had, when, once they had the place to do it, it gave them a license to just drink all the time. And, uh, so me and this girl started seeing each other and she actually, pretty much started living with me at right after we did it the first time and uh you know we'd be in my room having sex and there'd be like a party going on right outside my door and, uh lots of funny stories in that chapter from that time period oh yeah that, that that had a couple of stories that i'm like that could technically be a restraining order that is totally illegal and i can't believe he survived <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, i feel that way myself too i suppose it also sounded very familiar. Um, <clears throat> when I was a freshman in college, I joined a fraternity. Uh, 
and it wasn't a very high class fraternity. You know, let's say low class. We just weren't um, rich. Put it that way. So yeah, the space, the space, everything was closed off, and there were sometimes there was a party going outside the door, and you know, you got your space where you could. But I think that that's kind of what made it not just exciting though, but made it so y- young sex being rushed. Because um, going back towards high school, I never had a place to have sex. So every time there was sex, it was the thought in your head of parents walking in. Right. Or, right. or something like that. And that, you know, that between the anxiety uh, of that and then being your first or second time doing it, it was like it was over before you knew it. And you, I, I agree with you. You said, what, what the hell just happened? It's over? That was so <laughs> anticlimactic. I don't know. I've been the exact opposite. I mean, as far back as I can remember, it... I, I have never been a wham bam thank you ma'am and, and sometimes it's it's not even by choice really I mean uh, you know once I'm in I'm in for the long haul I mean uh, there's no such thing as a quickie for me which is you know a great plug a but a good thing yeah <laughs> I mean I mean for me a quickie is like 20 25 minutes you know uh, so yeah it's it's just I hear about, you know, these guys that, you know, once they're in, they're done. And I'm like, how the hell does that even happen? I mean, I, I can't even begin to imagine how that happens. Oh, it does. The seven second guy. Oh, I've had situations <laughs> like that. I kind of looked, I'm like, dude, I haven't even warmed up and you are done. Right. Exactly. <gasps> oh, I mean, it, it, it's like, I'm so, so far, the the opposite. I, I I can't even relate to that. I don't I don't know even what to say about it. Usually, my condolences is always a good one. <laughs> yeah. What's funny though is I've actually been to a doctor about it, and there's all kinds of remedies for those who have premature ejaculation. But for those that you know, it takes thirty minutes to an hour to be able to finish the deal. There's nothing out there for you. Uh, Other than go to the emergency room with Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I, 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 I'm getting old, but I, I'm not old enough to where I've needed that so far. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Awesome. Awesome. So where can everyone find you? Because our time is up. It's been a wonderful experience. Oh, I've had a great time. Um I can be found in a number of places. Uh, I have a Twitter page, uh, which is under Crazy Chick Magnet. Uh, I also have a, a blog, which is under the uh, Blogger website, uh, under the same name, Crazy Chick Magnet. Uh, Facebook. Uh, I'm not on Instagram uh, or, I guess, any of those others. Uh, for somebody like me who's not very technically savvy <laughs> having three uh three sites is uh is pretty extensive i suppose well where and is I your also, book available it is available on um iUniverse which is the publisher um it's also available on Amazon and uh online for Barnes and Noble uh all those places you can get hardcover paperback and uh it's also uh in the electronic format 
Well, thanks for being on the show. You can find me everywhere on social media and the website, Living a Sex Positive Life. I also like to thank our sponsor, The Witch Shed Orlando. And you can find me as John C. Luna on Facebook, Twitter, FetLife. Drop in and drop a line and say hi. <laughs> thanks, guys. Awesome. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night.